the offseason, through the wins and the losses. It's time to take one, one, one giant, giant step. step. Before we totally get into the ins and outs of that game, Saquon Barkley, ordinary ankle sprain, obviously differing reports. Look, I know what Dable's doing when he says he's not ready to rule him out for Thursday. It's the cat and mouse. <laughs> it's classic NFL. And I don't want to hear that Saquon's a fast healer. Even if he's come back on the early side of a four to eight week high ankle sprain, he still wasn't the same player off of that. So here's where I'm at with the Saquon injury, Pat. Is it a blow to the Giants? Absolutely. He He's a dynamic playmaker. One of the best running backs in football will be a blow to any team. However, you invested in Daniel Jones, okay? You invested in adding speed like Darren Waller and Jalen Hyatt, of which we saw in the second half. And I know so much of that was play action as well, which Saquon takes into account. This team better be at a point offensively where while the loss of Saquon absolutely hurts, it shouldn't devastate them. And granted, I wasn't expecting to beat the 49ers anyway, and we'll get to that in a second. But if he's got to miss the Seattle game, and if it comes down to the Miami game, those are still really tough games. The reason you lose those games, in my opinion, in this point, if you weren't ready to give Saquon a long-term deal, can't be because Saquon Barkley isn't out there, Pat. That's really well put, Sean, in the context of how they handled the contract and how they valued the player. I, I completely agree. I think that... You, you hit on the Giants really did a lot of damage with play action. The reason is because the defense fears Barkley when he receives a handoff. And I don't know and can't say that play action would work the same way with another player faking that handoff, 49ers or whoever the opponent is. I do think if Wandale Robinson plays in this game, which I've expected to happen, you know, I think he would have played against Arizona if it weren't the short turnaround to San Fran. We'll see. He's still been limited throughout the week. But I think if he plays, I would actually look at a guy like him as somebody who could jump into the rotation along with Matt Breda, Gary Brightwell, Eric Gray. He played some running back at Kentucky. Um, and he's a player who, with the ball in his hands immediately with some space, could do some damage. You know, Paris Campbell has been at the mesh point yeah. in a lot of practices. And Jalen Hyatt, even on jet sweeps, I think is something to watch for as well. So I think it's going to be a committee that the Giants are going to have to replace him with. And as far as the injury goes, you're, you're absolutely right. I think, I think everybody saw right through that with Brian Dable kind of looking at him with their eyebrows up saying like, are you kidding me you're, that you're even trying this on us right now? Um, I do think Saquon is still closer to being out three games than he's at, than he's closer to like maybe playing against the 49ers. Right. Um, an ordinary sprain just for people who, if they don't understand it doesn't mean it's not a severe sprain. It just means it's not a high ankle sprain because high ankles can then be even more devastating than a sprain to your ankle in general. Uh, but I was there in the locker room, Sean. Uh, Saquon coming out of the uh, x-ray room, you know, he really had the look of somebody who, um, who knew something was wrong, something was bad, and something was going to hinder him. And I do agree with you that, with this too it's always this Saquon can come back quickly and we know he wants to play, but he has come back from these injuries too quickly multiple yeah. times and not been himself. And that's not going to help him trying to get the new contract if he does that. And it's not going to help the giants either. So I right. think they really need to be careful with how they handle it. Yeah, no doubt about it. And look, this, if the season goes down the tubes because Barkley got hurt, then it wasn't meant to be. And this team just simply wasn't ready to compete. I am intrigued 
I don't know if I call it excited. I'm very intrigued on what the offense can look like without him. And oh, by the way, in different coaching staffs and different offenses, I mean, the Giants found ways to run the ball behind even worse offensive lines with Wayne Goldman. So, you know, if you have to change the way you scheme it up and change, you know, it just this day and age in the NFL, you can't have a running back sink your season if he gets hurt. It just that is not the way the NFL is predicated. You have an offensive minded head coach. You got to find a way. You got well, to find a way. And to your point, you know, in the second half against the Arizona Cardinals, Daniel Jones looked like the quarterback you paid him to be. Yeah. Right. And yeah. the passing game was there. Darren Waller. It was funny. After the game, I did like a uh, live Q&A on YouTube. And one fan said, when's Waller going to have a breakout game? And I said, well, he had a really good game here. I mean, yeah. that whole second half when they were, you know, stretching the Cardinals to the outside, they would always kind of come back to Waller up the seam in the middle, uh, off play action, kind of moving to the right, moving to the left. And he had some big chunk gains. I think he had four of his six catches went for first downs. And so he, you started he leads all tight ends and receiving yards through two games in the NFL. Yeah. And he's. And they haven't even scratched the surface right. of what's what it's going to be. Not to mention, and this, if you're a Giants fan, this is what you should be. The, the biggest positive coming out of that game other than the win and Daniel Jones's play might be that Waller isn't on the injury report this week. You know, that Good was point. a big concern early season going into week two. He didn't even have a full practice before the Cardinals game. And now he's not even on the injury report now, you know, knock on wood. But if he's healthy and Hyatt's playing like this and they're giving him more snaps – and Daniel Jones has some confidence. And frankly, you know, the fact that he came out of the Cowboys game and played healthy and physically and strong, you know, I, uh, I was concerned about his recovery as well. So those are all real positives. And to, to, to your point, reasons why the offense should not lose its explosiveness just because of a running back being out. And now we spin ahead to the 49er game here on Thursday night football. Obviously a short week. Also for the 49ers, who did give up 20 points to the Rams after killing the Steelers in week one. Uh, mm -hmm. I think you make the case, or you can make the case, while we've all talked about how weak the NFC is, which is part of the reason you could believe in the Giants to make the playoffs again. If you took the Chiefs out of it, who, remember, didn't have Chris Jones or Travis Kelsey in that opener when they lost to the Lions. I think outside of the Chiefs, the Eagles, Cowboys, and 49ers actually might be the next three best teams in football. It's just such a separation in the NFC from those three to this. So, you, look, you're playing one of the four or five best teams in football here. Yeah, Their major strength, or one of their major strengths, is up front on the defensive front, which is going against a considerable weakness for the New York Giants. We could get to the Giants' defense in a second and how Kyle Shanahan is so good at these chess matches and the Giants' defense, clearly something is broken there, but... My fear here, Pat, if you want to believe that this game is competitive, is that it does look a lot like the early goings of the Cowboy game where they just they cannot function at all offensively because they can't protect the Daniel Jones has half a second to get rid of the ball. Do you think there is any scheme, any way to avoid this for the Giants to have this offense at least be able to function? Well, unfortunately, as much as we just talked about how they should push the ball down the field because they have these weapons and they show they could do it, the way to handle the pass rush of the Niners is to run the ball. And so it's to do it creatively. One issue I saw in the Cowboys game was that a lot of the creative runs, the ways that they were using Daniel Jones, um, you know, whether it looks like an option, quarterback sweeps, uh, misdirections, RPOs, that's all on tape from last year now. And you saw the Cowboys blew up a couple plays that 
they clearly had studied on the tape from last season and saw coming. So it doesn't just take a running game. It's going to take Brian Dable and Mike Kafka being in the lab and figuring out ways to catch the 49ers off guard in the running game as well. But Sean, it really comes down to the situation of the game. So starting fast is such an old cliche and something the Giants have said all week that they haven't done yet. But this is just a game you can't fall behind in. Uh, yeah. You know, if the 49ers take an early lead, everything flows towards how they want to run the game and operate. The Giants have to throw the ball and the pass rush, you know, gets off the line. And they're not – it's impossible to say that Bosa, Armstead, and Hargrave are not going to wreak havoc if that happens. So it's not just about running the ball to kind of keep them at bay. It's also about finding a way to score early. Now, does that mean onsides kick to start the game, that kind of desperation? I wouldn't say that. You know, you don't want a repeat of what happened in Philly in the playoffs, where it's kind of like, let's go for this fourth down at midfield, and suddenly the game's over in the first quarter and it's 14 nothing. Uh, but I, I think that, that that kind of thought process of how do we get an edge early so that we're in it and the Niners can't just pin their ears back. That's certainly a way to handle it. Yeah, I think you're going to see some kind of deep shot, even if you're open for pass interference to high it early. I think you're going to, they're going to try to throw it up on that first drive and just hope that they've softened everything with the Niners. Early. Now, whether that works or not, I don't know. That's kind of where I think this might go. Now, quickly, defensively, Pat, they were utter mess until basically halfway through the third quarter. Felt like a lot of miscommunication. I kind of think they're doing a Dorian injustice playing him at the nickel slot right now. I think he's he's not the same player he is on the outside. You're almost hurting yourself with your top corner by doing that. Um, yeah. Even Xavier McKinney is, you know, he played better in the Cowboy game than he did in this game. He had Josh Dobbs run over him. Oddly enough, it feels like right now Jason Pinnock is their best player on defense, which was an open camp battle coming into the year. Uh, Dexter Lawrence has been fine. I would want more from Leonard Williams. Obviously, Thibodeau's been a talking point, but he's going to go against Trent Williams most of this game as well. Um, this defense can't go give up 31 points to Brock Purdy and company, and I know Christian McCaffrey is going to be a matchup nightmare if they're attacking Micah McFadden and such. I don't know what the answer is. It feels like a mess. I gave the defense a pass in week one. That was unacceptable garbage in week two, Pat. Yeah, and and let's face it. The Cowboys take out the interception return for a touchdown. Cowboys scored 33 points on the Giants defense. The Cardinals scored 28 points on the Cowboys defense or on the Giants defense. And the uh, the 49ers scored 30 points in each of their first two games against the Steelers and the Rams. It doesn't look good. And I'm glad you brought up the defense because as much as the offense needs to be the talking point for so many reasons, Jones, Barkley, the play calling, Brian Dable, this defense is my biggest concern, Sean. And oh, yeah. it's not be, it's not just because of the points being allowed, and it's not just because of the players you mentioned, all of whom need to step up. It's because I see basic fundamental qualities of a good defense not on the field yet. Good tackling, fundamentally sound, hard to play against, tough at the goal line. And not to question people's toughness, but when you look at Kevontae Turpin's touchdown run at the end of the Dallas game. When you look at Josh Dobbs running through Xavier McKinney at the goal line. Now, granted, he was trying to get the ball because they wanted to force turnovers. But you look at that play. You look at James Conner's touchdown run early in the Cardinals game. No resistance. None. And if I'm a giant right now, if I'm Bobby O'Karake 
if I'm Xavier McKinney, if I'm Leonard Williams, all these guys, I am disgusted with what I have put on tape through two games. And I think that it's not just about like, listen, they can lose this game by 10, but as a Giants fan, you want to feel like the Giants belonged on the field for four quarters. And in order to do, yeah. And in order to do that, you need to set a tone on defense. Offense's job is to score points. Defense's job is to set a tone and to tell Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan and the Niners that they're in for a long night if they want a victory. Right. And right now, as you and I sit here, they have not shown that they will be difficult for the 49ers to handle. Um, you know, Pinnock, I like his resilience. I thought, though, he was picked on by the tight ends in the passing game. Uh, you know, not I'm not saying, listen, I like Jason a lot, but I actually think, Sean, that they miss Julian Love already. Just from the standpoint of, like, talking to Leonard Williams and Kayvon Thibodeau and Okereke and McKinney this week, they all kept talking about players making sure they do their assignment, take care of their own thing. And Love is not like this supremely incredible player, like top safety, all that. Right. But he is a fundamentally sound guy and also a leader, somebody who keeps people together, keeps everybody on track, focused, uh, behind the scenes in the locker room, helped iron out some things. I think they're just missing that guy who puts them on hmm. The, 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 the one course and says, this is this week's plan. This is all we have to do. And that's it. Um, and I think somebody has to step up and, and take yeah. hold of that role. Well, they almost have 25% of the team named captain. So somebody better freaking step up. We're going to vote that many captains in um, side note. And I love Julian love maybe, and you could absolutely be right on leadership. The only saving grace is right now of all the safeties in the NFL, he's given up the most combined yardage uh, being targeted right now in the NFL. He's off to a rough start in Seattle, but to yeah. your point, I I've liked Pinnock because the team has lacked a nasty edge on defense. And at least he, he's bringing the thump. He's at least, you know, every time he hits somebody, uh, it oh, yeah. comes across, like, you know what I mean? Like that is, there's still value in that, but I understand your point.